We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and today I'm joined by the previous care of magical creatures teachers and his remaining limbs. It's Chris. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's class. Hagrid is not available at the moment. Did you like the creepy voice? I was going for like a, a psycho-themed thing. I was keeping it in line of last week's yeah, episode. It was unnecessary. I don't care. I like it. <laughs> I didn't. Chris, Professor Chris. Oh, yeah. Former teacher at Hogwarts. Kicked out for trying to be a psycho. <laughs> how are you? I'm all right. You don't normally ask how I am. Why are you doing this? No, I'm padding, Get on with the show. I'm padding this one out because we're talking about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban which came out in 2004, directed by Alfonso... I'm going to butcher this. Uh, oh, dear Cu- God, man. <laughs> Curono. Curono. There's a little umlau above the O. I, I, I think it's an umlau. Curono. Directed by Alfonso. Uh, he's He directed uh, Children of Man and a whole bunch of other good things. Fantastic Beasts is coming out soon and that's what we'll be talking about next week but uh-huh. in order to rev you up chris Ow. we're <laughs> we're talking about the third film in the harry potter saga now the reason i'm padding this out chris is because nobody actually dies in this film nobody and dies the worst that happens is ron gets a little bite on his leg there could have been uh, deaths yeah i mean harry got knocked about by a tree quite a lot yeah and seemed perfectly fine with it no bruising no internal bleeding nothing he was fine no he almost does get crushed as well by that tree but he was fine yeah he almost gets his soul sucked out as well that doesn't kill you i can't imagine it being a good time but regardless yeah i i only asked how you were Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I forgot the, about that. The runtime yeah. <laughs> of this film. Um, yeah, so this is the first film in the Harry Potter saga to date that wasn't directed by Christopher Columbus, who directed the first two Harry Potter films, which were predominantly kids' films, fluffy, not really dangerous, fun romps. And there was the giant snake in one. But this one, uh, Alfonso, like, changes the tone a bit. He makes it a bit more grown up. Uh, it's the first darker film in a series. And apparently considered by fans and critics to be one of the best in the franchise. Yes, well, I was going to ask you this, because of I, I need to pat out the runtime. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I did bring up a list of the Rotten Tomatoes scores on the Harry Potter film franchises, and this one does rank pretty close to the top. I mean, yeah, like you said, a lot of people do consider it the best one. I wouldn't go or that One of far. the best or, ones. Yeah. It only got to second on the Rotten Tomatoes rankings. At oh, nine. only second? Yeah, 90. It was pipped to the top spot by The Deathly Hallows Part 2, which was a 96% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. What's the lowest? Order of the Phoenix, which was a 77%. Really? Which isn't l- a low grade by any stretch of the imagination. There's an Order of the Phoenix, an awesome fight scene at the end with, like, you know, a serious dies and everything. Yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, that was a good film. Yeah, Voldemort takes on Dumbledore. Yeah. They got 77 or whatever it was. Yeah. Deathly Hallows Part 2 was 78. Philosopher's Stone was 80. Chamber of Secrets, 82. Half-Blood Prince, 84. Goblet Fire, 88. And then the top two, Azkaban and Deathly Hallows. But it's all subjective, really. Den of Geek put uh, Order of the Phoenix at the top of their oh so they, they yeah, flipped it they right. of their list yeah so it, it is really subjective but 
as far as i'm concerned they vary the films vary in quality but there's no real stinker among them as far as i'm concerned yeah i'd have to agree all eight are pretty solid they do what they what uh, jk did in the books which is slowly build them up to make them more mature as they go along and prisoner of azkaban a sort of does that in the films as well makes it more gritty alfonso let the kids do their uniform so they're like all scruffy and shirts untucked and ties are (laughs) mismatched and things like that so it lends it a sort of realism that maybe the first two didn't have because they it was a fantasy school and everything was sugar plums and pixies Um, and things right yeah so and this one it makes it a bit more realistic and stuff and that sort of aesthetic rolled over into the other films and they change up the design of the school as well sort of the layout which also they keep through the rest of the films yeah because i remember watching this in the cinema i was young and i was cross that they changed the layout of the school uh what layout did they change (laughs) well they changed where hagrid's hut was there's a big hill that they go down and sort of where the forest is and everything like that but they keep that layout for the rest of the the films and stuff there's a lot of stuff going on in prisoner of azkaban yes no deaths but no deaths. <laughs> a lot of warnings of deaths to come. Yes. Some flirtatious uh, actions between Ron and Hermione. Obviously, the darker tones, the introduction of Gary Oldman as Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, all these new characters coming in. The map. Oh, Ooh, what a time. Marauder's map, yes. Time turners. Mm. We'll get into time travel. Don't start me on time Don't turners. Don't you worry. We'll talk about your favourite thing in the world <laughs> time travel. Yeah. So, there are a lot of dangerous things in this film, but again, nobody dies i do quite like this film and i quite like the book because they do introduce a lot of magical creatures fantastic beasts if you will no (laughs) no you won't will no don't Uh, okay which brings me to a question chris of all the creatures in this film oh yeah which one would you shit your pants at if it flew into the room right now well which one do you think it would be obviously it would be the demand uh dementor Dementor. Dementor. Yeah. Like a mentor who's a demon. Yeah, a demon mentor. Demon mentor. (laughs) Demon mentor. Yeah, one of them. They are pretty terrifying. I like the animations on them. They were done using, I think, like a mix of puppetry and CGI. Oh, yeah. They weren't bad for a 2004 film. No, and the puppetry that they used, it wasn't standard puppetry. They would make, I think, models of the Dementors, dunk them in water, and then they'd map the sort of flowing fabric and then right. translate that into the computer which is really quite innovative so that's good so why can't they do a better work on a uh, buckbeak i thought buckbeak held up quite nicely and uh, some of the other creatures the werewolf transformation i thought held up pretty well it was good because you couldn't do like an american werewolf in london kind of gruesome grizzly transformation but what they did was good yeah i couldn't remember how the werewolf was meant to look yeah because i've not watched this film in a few years so when he changed, I was like, oh, that's right, yeah, hairless and skinny. But the animation on um, Sirius's black dog, that was bad. Okay. I, did, I didn't like that at all. The werewolf looked fine. The mentals looked good. But beak was passable. Dog, bad. No, no, no. No. Maybe it's because it's, like, it's meant to be a real dog. Um, possibly. And that didn't work for me. The Whomping Willow, that was fine. That's yeah. Good. Didn't realise that the, the, the fat lady singing person was a vicar of Dibley. Dawn French, yeah. They I changed her as well from previous films. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't even realise when I was watching it. No, well, she's only in this film. And no, then she, she never just, comes back. She's just not coming back. Lenny Henry, speaking of people that I didn't know were in it, 
Lenny Henry was the shrunken head, or the voice of the shrunken head in, in the night bus. Lenny Henry. Yes, comedian, comic relief man. Oh, okay. Lots of charity work. Premier in advert man. That guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. And Fair enough. He he was fun in it. Uh, yeah, the shrunken heads also an addition to the film. Not uh, in the book. Not in the book at all. I got angry at them as well. My little cross brain. <laughs> angry thirteen-year-old you were, jeez. Yes, I'm very cross. Uh, but yeah, no. So you'd you'd fear the Dementors over a werewolf or a hippogriff or a a bogger. Interesting. Well, I don't know what the bogger the... would change into. I... Change into Dementor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would change into a microphone. Do you reckon? And, and you just sitting there. Yeah. You're late. <laughs> you're late, Chris. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My fear would be it ta- changes into a microphone and you forget to show up. Although that has happened. That did happen once, yeah. <laughs> Bobo stepped in. It was a good episode. It was, it was all right. I didn't need you. <laughs> Thanks. No, I think I think a boggart's pretty scary. Again, I wouldn't know what it would change into because uh, you know I've I've led a sheltered life. I don't I don't need to confront my fears. <laughs> All I need to do is confront them in movie form. Movie form, yeah, <laughs> which is fine enough for me. Uh, I think though, Chris, the greatest monster in this film is a rat pretending to be, or a man pretending to be a rat for twelve years. Oh, um, Peter Pettiford. Pettigrew, almost, yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't do anything. He's not killed anybody, has he? Yeah, but think about it, Chris. A grown man living with children. Yeah, but he's just pretending to be a rat, isn't he? He's just chilling as a rat. Yeah, but... Why a rat, I don't know. He's still a man. Can you not change into anything else? No. Okay, right. Background, Chris. No, no. We're doing it. We need to pad it out. (laughs) Peter Pettigrew is one of the four founders of the Marauder's Map, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot and Prongs, along with James Potter, Lupin and uh, Sirius Black. Those four had like a little mischief group. They made the map to help them get away with uh, their pranks and stuff like that and mapped out all the secret passages and stuff. They did this because like Lupin had his werewolfisms and went to the Shrieking Shack to... uh, every full moon to transform and it'd just be in the shack and that would be a safe place for him to transform and do his wolfy stuff and his friends James Sirius and Peter uh, figured out that Lupin when he was in his werewolf form was more friendly to animals so they illegally trained themselves into being animagi animaguses animagus yeah uh, so Peter, he turns into a rat so he can sneak up to the Whomping Willow. And there's a in the book, there's a route that if you press it, it calms the willow and stops it attacking you. So he'd, he'd be the rat, sneak up, he wouldn't get smushed uh, okay. by it. And then James is a stag and Black is a dog. And then they'd, you know, have animal frolics with Lupin in his werewolf form. Uh, and that's how they like supported Lupin through his explain none of that in the film no yeah and I don't remember in the book no Uh, yeah they don't explain the map thing in there either and they don't reveal that I don't think they revealed James was a I never knew he he could change I thought the stag was just his Patronus type thing it is but it's also deeper meanings layers okay I thought the wizard had to be born as one of these like you know Animagus things. No, you can. There are like some wizard traits that you have to be born with, like 
Tonks in the fifth film, she can change her appearance. Yeah. That's the thing that I think that you have to be born with, but you can train yourself to be an anime guy because, like, uh, McGonagall is the Transfiguration teacher. She can turn into a cat. Uh, so you can train yourself, but you do have to, like, register with the ministry. Or to say that you can be one of these animals. Yes, and they, like, take down your markings and stuff like that so they can identify oh, you. Oh, when you're an animal form. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so you can't get up to any, like, mischief as that, like, tormenting muggles or anything like that, so... That's just that... disappointing. Yeah. But still, you got to have rules, Chris. Do you? Yeah. I don't think you do. Uh, Pettigrew. So you'd be comfortable with a man disguised as a rat well, watching you know, get changed I? and i wouldn't know why, why are you bringing all this <laughs> stuff into it i i wouldn't know would i i just i just, I just don't feel that you're getting the creepiness of this you take it mean, all in its, its stride it's understandable yeah once it's revealed that he's a man you think oh that's a bit weird but i go on the assumption that when he was back living with the weasleys he was kept in his own private quarters i mean he was a rat he was probably just running around loose well there you go then enjoying life because the reason he pretends to be a rat, Pettigrew, his own death. yes. So Black finds out somehow that uh, Voldemort has killed Lily and James, and he knows that it was Pettigrew that let it slip to Voldemort. So he goes off to try and kill Pettigrew, but Pettigrew blows up a street, cuts off his finger, transforms into a rat, and Sirius Black cops the blame for it, and he's sent to Azkaban and Pettigrew leaves his finger as proof that he's been killed and then he like scurries off and finds a nice wizarding family to live with and care for him as a rat for 12 years which is why when he changes back into a person he's sort of like all easily is that his first change back yeah in ages I guess because he probably wouldn't be able to risk changing when he's living with the Weasleys. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uncomfortable. That must be doing a lot of damage to his body. And him mentally as well. Well, yeah, you think he's a rat. Yeah. I th- he'd probably still have his same mind when he was a rat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he knows shit, that, that cat's got it in for me, <laughs> and things <laughs> like that. So he'd, he'd still have his wits with all, but, uh, yeah. Scary stuff, Chris. Yeah, very scary. And things don't go to plan when Harry in the Shrieking Sack finds out that Sirius is his godfather and actually a nice dude Peter gets away and you know and then we get the rest of the franchise with Voldemort coming back and yeah poor Cedric dying is no it poor cares. Cedric can I Cedric yeah he's Goblet of Fire isn't he <laughs> yeah before he goes off to frolic with um, vampires and werewolves <laughs> what a great saga those were were they maybe I've not watched them. Better than Prison of Azkaban. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so time turners, Chris. They play a big part in the finale of this film. Yes. And time travel. We love talking about it, don't we? Uh, here we go. Right. Let's do this. All right. So in the film, we see the events pl- of the finale play out in two ways. So the first is the linear way where Harry, Ron and Hermione go down to see Hagrid just before Buck's Beak's execution. And these weird things start happening and they get rocks chucked at the back of their heads to warn them that Dumbledore and Fudge and the executioner. It's weird that the Minister of Magic, the most important wizard in the UK, is coming to see an execution of a beast. It's probably because he's sort of being forced by Lucius Malfoy I imagine 
Like, okay. Just to, you know, make sure it was done properly. Because Lucius is like, if you just send the executioner, Dumbledore's going to bamboozle him or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I want the most important wizard. Yeah, it'll be Lucius just kicking up a shit storm. Yeah. And Fudge going, I can't deal with this headache now. There's a serial <laughs> killer on the loose, a suspected serial killer or murderer. And, you know, he's like, fine, I'll just go. Fine, Lucius. Shut up, Lucius. I have other things to worry about, but... Yeah, your prick of a kid is clearly more important than catching a serial, a suspected serial killer. I reckon Executioner is a muggle. No, the Executioner, he's a Death Eater in the books. He's given a name and stuff and he's hes not a nice man. So Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they come down, Harry and Ron and Hermione escape being caught and then we get a wide shot of the Executioner chopping off what we think is Buckbeak's head. It's not. We'll come back to it in the timey-wimey bit. Oh, good. And then we get the Shrieking Shack stuff and the werewolf stuff. And then they end up in the hospital wing. Ron's got a, a bum leg a serious bit. And uh, Dumbledore comes in and goes, Hey, we can sort this shit out, you know. Three turns <laughs> shall be enough. Yeah. Wink, wink, Hermione, do all this. We just need a bit more time. It's very irresponsible what they gave to her. Well, yes, the time turner. They give it to Hermione because in the in the books it's explained more that she takes... You can choose in your third year which lessons that you can take and she decides to take all of them. Even muggle studies, which she is a muggle or she was raised in the muggle world. Yeah. So she, she knows everything anyway. Yeah. Uh, divination she takes as well. Despite which, the fact she does not like it, doesn't believe in it. No, yeah, she hates that subject. Uh, she takes a whole bunch care of magical creatures history of magic and uh all all sorts that it's it's just too much and she's given the time turner just so that she can make multiple classes in the same time period makes you think is she the first one or have they done this with other students are there multiple students at hogwarts continuously time traveling no this is the first time that anyone's in hogwarts has been allowed to do this and they only do it for hermione because she's super clever and responsible and you know rules i must follow the rules so it seems very irresponsible the teachers does yeah because she could use that for anything couldn't she she yeah. could like exams and stuff she could like sneak at the results or something hold them the reverse time they go back to it yeah although the time travel in this is complicated and i did do some research on Pottermore. Oh dear. <laughs> I got real deep into this because they hint at it in the film that you shouldn't, wizards that mess with time travel, get messed up. Yeah. And they do, as I shall now reveal to you yeah, in yeah. this <laughs> bit of research I found <laughs> from Pottermore, which uh, expands on like the time turner research and stuff. Yeah. So this story takes us back to 1899, Chris. Um, oh, good year. It, it was a good year. For time travel for time research. Travel, Cause, yeah. Because at this point, there were no laws about time travel research. Oh, okay. So wizards were just namby-pamby putting reversal time charms on all sorts of things and seeing how far back in time that they could actually go. And uh-huh. one witch, she went back 497 years. Oh, dear. <laughs> to 1402. And she was trapped there for a period of five days. Now, she was able to be retrieved by wizards in the present, but she really messed up time. 24 people, no, 25 people disappeared from the present. They just vanished because of the interactions that she had 
in the their past. ancestors or something. Yeah. Right. So they disappeared. She came back. She had aged five centuries. Okay. <laughs> and she died in um, St. Mungo's, the wizard hospital of, you know, having aged a lot. All right. And then the days after that she'd come back, uh, the, it says the Tuesday lasted two and a half days and then the Thursday was only four hours and the ministry had to like wipe everyone's minds and stuff like that because time had fractured. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so she killed or un- unborned 25 one. people is that one and they went okay there's rules now we have to regulate this yeah so they they banned uh like going back years mm. uh so they they didn't allow that anymore and then time turners were still created but they could only be used in a period of like hours but even then that's dangerous because you could like there's no limit on it because it's you going back but all the events that you did yeah. still happened and there's another there's a past you there yeah so if you go back multiple times there's multiple yous in that yeah, same hour so that's pretty dangerous but the time travel in this i think is i think is fairly simple compared to most other time travels because in both versions that we see events play out the same yeah. So there's never a timeline where they don't go back because if they don't go back, Harry is killed by a werewolf because Hermione's not there to do that. The hound, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at that, that point, is continuously just fixed and happening. Yeah. So th- Does that not be giving off some strong time-travelling magic? Well, when somebody comes, you know, I'm guessing Hogwarts at some point must have, you know, Ofsted visits. So are people going to come along to you know, rate the teachers? They're going to be like detecting strong time traveling magic going on here. No. The cycle's been looping for the past fifty years. Because it's they only go back three hours, and they've not unborn someone, so they've not changed events dramatically enough so that like Malfoy's not born or anything like that. But there's two lives that should have ended. Three actually. But should they have ended? Because when we see the execution in the first go around. He's. We don't see Buckbeak, and then when we go back, we see he's just chopping a pumpkin in half because he's frustrated. So in both timelines, nobody dies because they've already gone back. Then that just means there's no free will in Harry Potter, does it? That, when it comes that, to that, time travel, that bit is, and everything else is fixed. No, when it when it comes to time travel, things have happened. So it's not a loop. It's more like I've forgotten something at the supermarket. So I'm going to double back. That's what it is. That's, what it, that's, that's how I see it. Because it's not a loop. Because Harry and Hermione, they're not trapped forever in that period. No, but when Harry and Hermione go back in time, they're throwing the stones and they're intervening on all these events and stuff. Obviously, which have happened. Which because have hap- if they didn't happen... Exactly. So all the choices they're making, it's not their choices because those choices are already predetermined and they're going to happen for them anyway. Yeah. So there's no free will in Harry Potter. They're all just slaves. Yeah, but if they don't go back, then they're dead. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying there's no free will. Okay, okay. Free will or mauled by a werewolf? Free will. (laughs) So you'd you'd rather not go back in time. Hermione goes to you, hey, Harry, we've got to go back in time. And you go, no. (laughs) No, there's a Quidditch game on tomorrow. Goodbye. disappear from the present. Well... 
that's what yeah. would happen. No, and then she's Tuesday still, she's would be seven hours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but if Herm- if it's just Hermione that goes back and you go, oh, I'm not going with you. Hermione still, I don't think she'd be able to get Buckbeak. Oh no, because she she uses the ferrets. She had to do everything right up until the uh, woods. Dementors. Yeah, the Dementors come. Yeah. At which point, I would then have to step in and be like, right, let me just do this. No, no, because if you didn't go back in the present, you wouldn't be unborn. You'd you'd just suddenly lose your soul and be a vegetable. Yeah, I which I think like is slightly anyway. worse than being unborn. Do you reckon? Yeah. I reckon I can still operate like that. No. I know soulless you're soulless creature. in real life, but in Harry Potter world. Well, if we look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're not. That's what the Different vampires rules. are. <laughs> Different rules. In in the books, if you lose your soul, you're just a, a shell. You're a vegetable. You, you don't really function. like They have to feed you and stuff like that. So, What about Voldemort? If they took the last soul he had in him, would he still function? Because his soul split, isn't it? I think he could still come back because that's not a whole soul. Right. So what you're saying is, if, if I don't want to, you can't back make a crux, You're a third year student. You're Just also saying. a mindless vegetable now. If you decide not to go back, but uh, yeah, the time travel in this is irritating. It's it's not as irritating as other versions of time travel. And in in the Pottermore thing, J.K. said, "Oh, I I went into time travel way too light hearted." Because time, if you introduce time travel in every, anything, that's it. Whoa, why doesn't, doesn't everyone just go yeah. back in time and stuff? And that's why in like the fifth book, she destroys all the time turners in the ministry. Just to stop people... Oh, complaining about it. Yeah. Why doesn't Hermione have it in the full film? She gives it back because she gives up lessons. Right. So she gives up divination and muggle studies and things like that. So she doesn't need it anymore, uh, which I think is the right decision. Also, yeah, she used it illegally to <laughs> to free a prisoner. Yeah, but nobody else really knew about that apart from Dumbledore. No, yeah. And even he's playing it coy. That's smug. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Done what? <laughs> Good night. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And poor Ron. Do you Ron doesn't he get to time them? travel. No. Which is probably wise. He'd accidentally wipe himself out of yeah, existence, I would, probably. I would say to Ron, you know you saw us vanishing that a lot. You're going delirious from your were- um, no, your dog bite. You've got an infection. <laughs> you're turning you're gonna, into a werewolf. You're going to lose the leg. Well, no, because he's bit by Sirius, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I'd tell him that just to freak him out. And he'd believe you. Yeah. Tell him that Sirius is the werewolf <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> freak him right out, yeah. So that, that was the time travel stuff. Do you think they were right to impose laws on time travel? Well, yes. From what you've told me, they shouldn't be allowed to do it at all. It all sounds way too dangerous. True. The, I think the ministry, like like ministry personnel, I think they use time turners very occasionally just to like go to meetings. Or running stuff late like for that. a meeting or something. Yeah, or they've got to be in two places at once. I think that's what they use it for. It's like trivial things, nothing major. major. Yeah. Right. But having said that, though, there is a black market time turner that shows up in have you read The Cursed Child or seen it in a theatre no okay I've got the book but I haven't read it read it I'm reading other things at the moment <laughs> <laughs> magazines don't count Chris God, no, it's just nuts God. <laughs> no oh, there's an illegal time turner in that that goes back in years and that causes some problems but I, I won't spoil that well for you've already you. spoiled it for I me have now, spoiled it you? but I haven't told you what happens that's what the child's cursed for great yes <laughs> stop fucking about with time you pricks <gasps> yeah 
Um, so that's that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about in, in as, the film. Azkaban. Is, is uh, there anything you wanted to talk about? New Dumbledore? Did you want to talk about Michael Gambon? Well, no, because this is obviously his debut film as Dumbledore. But at this point, I'm so used to him being Dumbledore. I wasn't like, oh, wow, look, it's his first film. It's just, yeah, it's Dumbledore. It's weird when I watch the first two, and I'm like, there's a different Dumbledore. Yeah. Because obviously Michael Gambon's done it for the majority of films now, and he's the one I always picture as Dumbledore. I think he's a bit too shouty, especially in, like, the fourth one. He he goes from, like, he, he can he can turn on a dime, that Dumbledore, for no real reason. Yeah, it's fine. Harry, would you, would you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, you fucking prick? <laughs> he's angry. And he's You're going to fight a dragon now. He's concerned about, obviously, Harry's welfare, isn't it? It makes yeah. sense. And then he just lets him participate in the tournament anyway. Yeah, because he, he knows knew he it's a be trap. Safe. It's a trap. Everyone knows it's a trap and there's dark forces at work. Yeah, because he just wants let to spring him do it. it. He wants to spring it, doesn't he? <laughs> Dumbledore's got plans going on way ahead. Yeah, but he's he wants to see what this time turner. <laughs> He wants to see what this plan is. He wants to see if this plan is better than his plan. Yeah. Is that what he... <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Bloody hell, Dumbledore. You're a madman. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm you good? Done. Yeah, have I'm, you all that? Yeah. Well, awesome. So we get to see young Dumbledore next week. Yes, Jude Law. Jude Law. Don't know how he's going to be doing that. I'm really looking forward to seeing Johnny Depp in another film. Because Lay- he's my favourite. Lay off Johnny Depp. <laughs> I will try to be reasonable next week. But if Depp is crap... I don't think Depp will I'm be. I'm not going to play nice. I rewatched Fantastic Beasts uh, th- the other day. Yeah. And the two lines he's got in it, they still irritate me. Why? Do you think you can hold me? Do we die just a little more? What does that second one even mean? I, I couldn't understand what you're saying, so I don't know. No, that's what he says. Fucking... Uh, no, I don't... Objective, it might be good. He hasn't got the tweedly moustache in the second one. So oh, he looks, good. So he looks slightly less weird. But well, this film has got a three-star rating, so something obviously is not going well in it. It's going to be Eddie Redmayne, isn't it? Nah. He's finally let it all down. It'll be Depp. <laughs> it won't be Depp. <laughs> it might be Depp. It could be Redmayne. It's Jude Law. It might. Uh, we'll see. I'm seeing it today, so... If there's an angry text when you're at work, it's probably me. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to know if it's an angry text about reading? I know if it's you, because I have your name on it. There's a text from an unknown number just yeah, swearing. Maybe, yeah, about, maybe I'm so oh, angry I stole Jack. someone's phone and just <laughs> went, ah! <laughs> Anger! But, yep, yeah, that'll be next week. Chris, how do people get in contact with us? Can they send us an owl? An owl? Will they time-turner us? If any of us, if we master time travel, Chris, yeah. we'll come back to this point. Why? Because then we'll get it on the podcast oh, and, we, it, and it will further it? pad out this episode. <laughs> okay, are we doing if we agree on time travel, we'll come back to this moment in like three, two, one now. There you go. Not here. We can't we we never done time travel. Shit. <laughs> right. Well the people can get in contact with us through the email, which I momentarily forgot, which is we could survive that at gmail.com. Yes. Or find us on Twitter at We Could Survive. Or as always, if you're streaming this episode or any of the other ones, there will be an area you can leave a you know, a question, a review, a comment. Yeah, a, su- a survival suggestion or, you, you know, theories on time travel. We we love time travel, don't we, Chris? No. <laughs> oh, I we've also done the first two Harry Potter films as podcasts as well, so you can listen to them. I listened back to the f- 
Chamber of Secrets one that we did. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like me in that. Why is that? I, I still talk like a weirdo. There's a period where I talk very... Yeah. That's all of them, isn't I, it? Yeah. I hate every old podcast that we've done. You ever listen to the first one again? No. The quality <laughs> on it is really bad. God. All the sound is bad. There's all like loads of buzzing and stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. No, I hate every old episode we do. Okay, good. Oh, it reminds me of a time when I had my life ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> You were distracted by other things. Possibilities of a better life. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Johnny Depp next week. He does crimes. Yes. <laughs> Go Johnny. Well, thank you to everyone who's been listening to We Could Survive That, your survivor guide to the wizarding world. We're going to see you all next week for Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean 6. Fuck that. But until then... <laughs> He's been kicked off the new Pirates of the Caribbean. That I heard doing. that something yeah. went wrong with that, yeah. Yeah. It's because he's got Fantastic Beast now. He doesn't need Pirates of the Caribbean anymore. Mm, I'd rather, I prefer he goes back to Caribbean because that's a franchise I don't watch. You're missing out. It is oh. brilliant. What keep was on, I saying? Keep on surviving. Oh, we keep on surviving. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see you all next week. But until then, keep on surviving. No time traveling. But it's so useful. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>